What defines crazy? One way Urban Dictionary defines crazy is someone who will go against the rules. A person who acts in a manner that normal society does not approve of. We would add that crazy can be defined as enigmatic, meaning mysterious or speaking in riddles, often misunderstood. God tells us in Isaiah 55, 8-9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yet even though he is enigmatic, he tells us in seven places in scripture that if we seek him, we will find him when we search with all of our heart. Journey with us as we seek him and explore the evidence that confirms God be crazy. Welcome to the pilot episode of God Be Crazy. We are your hosts, Bonnie Thomas and Christy Penny. Our plan for the first season is to unpack the ways that God be crazy. 39 times God tells us, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. God rescued people countless times in Scripture, and He's continued to do so throughout time. Today, we'll be sharing Christy's rescue story, a time in her life where God found a way to express His love to her in a way she could not ignore. And he knows exactly how to reach all of us wherever we are. Mm-hmm. So he found you 10 years ago. We always refer to this as 4-4, April 4th, 2012. Yeah. He found you at a place, got a hold of you mm-hmm. in his own enigmatic way, his mysterious way that seems really strange <laughs> to the naked eye. There are going to be people listening to this story that question its authenticity. I mean, honestly, if I were listening to the story, if it weren't my story, I may be wondering the same. Right. Because God be crazy. Yeah. So take us back to that day. 4-4. Four, four. What, what was your life like prior to 4-4? Four, four? Let's start there. Well, I'm going to back it up just a little bit further. Okay. All the way back to just being a kid. So between the ages of 4 and 8, I was sexually abused regularly. And I had been to church, you know, and I'd been taken to church some as I was was a kid. That wasn't something that our family, like, regularly did. But um, we did did attend church sometimes. And I knew who God was in the broad term of who God was. I didn't have a real personal relationship with Him, but I, I believed there was a God. And I would oftentimes find myself asking, where was He? in the midst of my abuse and why why was this happening and how do I reconcile this God of love that I hear about at vacation Bible school and, you know, in, in Sunday school class and those things, you know, how do I reconcile that God with the God who is allowing me to be abused and hurt and tormented? Mm-hmm. And around that time, I also started seeing things that other people couldn't see. I didn't know it. I didn't know it then that that was the unseen realm. And that I was actually seeing demons. Um, I just thought I was seeing scary monsters. I mean, I was four years old. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put into my mind what it really was I was seeing. Um, And as I got older, that continued, you know. And I didn't know what to do. You know, from 7 to 31, I was confused and I struggled. And I went from church to church, religion to religion. I tried several, you know. I... Walked to church at nine years old, I think is what you told me. Yeah. Trying to ask the preacher. I did, because I had questions, you know, I had these questions and I wanted to find these answers. And so I'd go, just anybody who would entertain my questions and my issues and my struggle, anybody who would hear me or try to 
have a con- that I could ha- try to have a conversation with. I, I sought I sought out, you right. know, and right. that I just went back and forth all of my life until one day my my dad actually called me. My grandfather, who had been an atheist my whole life, um, had decided that he wanted to be baptized, wanted to be saved, and my dad wasn't really in church then, and so he reached out to me to ask me what he needed to do for him to be saved, and I panicked because it had been a long time since I'd had a relationship with God or been in the Bible or anything, so I was like, I, you know what, I'll look into it and I'll call you back, and so... I reached out to me, <laughs> to you, yeah. And I wasn't your first call you that weren't. you made. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were actually my seventh. My lucky number, because <laughs> it occurs many times in the Bible. And when I called you, I didn't really know what to say. I was nervous, and I was like, uh, do you still believe in God? <laughs> yeah, we hadn't met, we hadn't talked in about five years, so I, I counseled you when I was in grad school. Yeah. And it was just a cold call, hoping I still had the same number. And beliefs. <laughs> and beliefs. And I think I told you, I said, uh, yeah, I do, and if you call me at any other time in my life, the answer's going to be the same. <laughs> yeah. And so we talked, that was in mm-hmm. March. Yeah, I told, I had told you that... Um, about my grandfather, you know, and then you were like, well, how have you been? And I was like, actually struggling, Mm -hmm. you know, and you said, oh, you know, tell me about, you know, what's, what's going on. And so I told you, um, just a little bit, just a little snippet. And during that brief little conversation, I was like, you know, I don't know if I need spiritual help Mm -hmm. or if I need a shrink, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I, I don't know if I'm crazy or if something else is going on. Right. And you were like, well, let's make an appointment, just a, just an assessment. It was just an assessment. Right. Just, a- just to just get uh, lay eyes on you. And I had to do that because in my spirit, the things that you were saying told me this is not traditional psychosis. Um, I can't even remember the exact words that you were saying, but my spirit was radiating, no, 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 no. This is, there's a spiritual component. There is warfare here, and I know it in my being, but I have not seen this person in so many years. And whenever we were counseling in grad school, I remember thinking to myself, I think I asked you in session one day. Yeah, I think you I did. I said, do you hear voices? Mm-hmm. And you just looked at me, and we call it the Treshire Cat look on your face. You had this look like, uh, yes, but I ain't telling you, girl. And yeah. so you just looked at me, like, smiled, and... I, I would call it the Cheshire Cat look, because it's mm-hmm. like a cat who swallowed a bird, and the tail's hanging out, and you're asking me <laughs> if I ate it. And I'm like, no, no, I did not eat the cat. And here's the tail <laughs> flopping around in my mouth. It's like that. Yeah. It's that, I know I'm yeah. caught, but I'm not going to tell you I'm caught. Yeah. Look. Yeah, and so I knew it, and you wouldn't. I could never get you to confess. I could never get you to say what you were really going through, and so um, I didn't trust you enough yet. Right, I didn't trust anybody, honestly. Right, right. So I knew that was going on in my gut years ago, but I didn't have permission from you to go there, and you didn't trust me. And so for you saying this out loud, I remember standing outside on my back deck, and um having this conversation with you. And I was like, yes, 
this is, <laughs> I struck gold, you know, it's kind of how I felt like I finally got the answer. And um, even though I didn't really have the answer, I hadn't laid eyes on you yet. And so I asked you to come in and just, let's just do an assessment. Let's just see each other and see what's going on. Let me see you face to face and we'll see what you need to do. So, so we, we went there. We made yeah. an appointment for 4-4. Which happened to be a Wednesday. Right. And I showed up to your office. I think I had an early afternoon appointment. Right. And I showed up to your office and, oh, man, I was getting bombarded. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely hammered. They were just, for people who don't have any kind of experience with this, just an example of some of the things that were happening. I was, They were great at trying to make me feel like absolute trash about myself. Right. Make me feel like I was unworthy of help or mm-hmm. love or undeserving of living a life free of any kind of torment. They wanted me isolated. They wanted me to... Avoid. Yeah. Talking avoid to anybody. Anything or anyone that may offer me any sense of comfort or peace mm-hmm. or a different way. Right. Something than their dialogue. Right. And I showed up to your office. Of course, that escalates. The secretary wanted me to fill out paperwork, you know, intake right. and whatnot. And what I was hearing was, you should kill her, which sounds absurd because if I were, I would never, I've never hurt anyone, you right. know. And I knew that. Well, I know, but. In my head, I'm sitting at this desk and I'm looking at this poor lady who's just trying to hand me a clipboard with some papers on it, you know, Mm. to fill out for this session. And they're like, oh, you should kill her. And I'm surveying the area, looking at the building. I'm like, where are my exits? How do I get out of here? Mm -hmm. Um, You're wasting your time. I hear this in my head. You know, you're wasting your time. Um, This isn't going to do you any good. Nobody cares anyway. This, This woman doesn't care about you. Mm-hmm. God doesn't care about you. That woman at the desk really wants to kill you. And I'm oh, like, wait, wow. she wants to kill me. I'm supposed to kill her. At this point, I'm just, I'm like, is it too late? Is it too late to just get up and run right now? I don't, can't fill out this paperwork and I'll leave. And, and then the door opens and then you're standing there and you're like, hey, come on back. And you're cheerful <laughs> disposition. And I'm like, oh, crap. It's too late. You know, it's too late. Now no, I'm sucked in. And then I enter your office. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you see, but that's what was going on in my head. You were moving very slow, as I recall, like just a snail's pace. And my office was not far from the, <laughs> the lobby, so um, I could just tell you were very scared and unsure. And I could tell that there was a lot going on in yeah, your mind. Yeah, I was distracted. Yeah, yeah. I was distracted by them, and I get into your office, and I was looking around, and I was like, okay, that window is a great window to jump out of. <laughs> we were pretty high up, like five stories. Five stories. And I was like, I can just jump out that window and into the saw right now. And you were talking, and I was nodding, and this is what I was hearing in my head. I don't really know much of what we said there at the beginning. It was just formal things. I'm going through paperwork and going, okay, wow, you're on a thousand million meds. I don't know how you're moving, but all right. And, you know, I just was reading your your paperwork and 
going through some of the, you know, what we call biopsychosocial, just basic things that you had been feeling out. And I could, I just looked up at you at one point and I was like, she is not with me. (laughs) (laughs) She has got something else going on and I'm trying to do an intake and ask all these pieces, get all these pieces of information so that I can put together some sort of an idea about what's going on and what needs to happen. What kind of treatment plan does this person need? What is going on? And, um, and you were not with me. I was asking questions to someone who couldn't answer them. And at some point, um, I asked you about that. I was like, what is going I must have asked you because yeah. you looked distressed mm-hmm. I was distressed you totally were and I know at some point you were asking me what was really going on yeah and, and they were like oh don't tell her you can't trust her you can't tell her anything just she doesn't really care she's gonna use this information to hurt you like jump out the window it was just constant it was a constant barrage and then yeah. there's this other voice that I'm hearing that is speaking in a in Latin of all things I don't speak Latin, but I I knew it was Latin, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it's, I have counted all the tiles <laughs> on the way in, you know? I had counted tiles. I, had that's ca- how I count lights, you know, like I'm trying to. That's what used to soothe you. Yes, I was counting. trying to bring bring myself back to some sense of a zen, you know, just some sense right. of calm to the core the core me so that I could answer you right because so much was going on and you must have asked I don't remember I honestly don't remember what you asked but somewhere in the conversation you had to have asked about what what I was hearing or what I was did. going on and you ended up to my surprise you just told me you said they were you said I hear voices and they're saying to kill your secretary and I just looked at you really plainly, and I said, well, you're not going to do that. <laughs> well, I was like, it's a good thing you're not going to do that. And you looked at me like, mm, <laughs> am I not? And I said, no. And I remember distinctly, I said, you have a choice. And I know you, and you're not going to do that. And you were like, they're also saying to jump out of this window. And I was like, mm, good luck with that. These windows, you ain't getting out of them. <laughs> I was like, I was just not scared about it. And I was like, "Mm, that ain't happening. And I don't know. I mean, I only have to credit the Holy Spirit there because this would flip me out if any regular, you know, intake client walked in and started telling me this. In my regular, if I had my regular therapist hat on with good clinical training, I would have said, all right, I'm going to get you into an inpatient (laughs) facility, ASAP. Um, But that's not what I was getting from the Holy Spirit. I knew you. I knew you really wouldn't do the things that they were saying to you, and I knew that you had a choice in the matter. They can I think you also knew that that wasn't me. Yeah, I said that That wasn't me. That was them. Right. And I knew the difference. And I also knew your choice. I knew you would not choose that. And so as our conversation continued, I don't think I got very much clinical information (laughs) that I would have ordinarily stuck to, but it was very clear that you needed spiritual intervention, and I knew that to the core of me. 
And I would never in my mind think that I would make this recommendation, but I remembered, it pulled into my brain instantly that on Wednesday nights, my church had been meeting to talk about something I thought would interest you. And so um, I just said, hey, this is what I'm doing after work. If you want to meet me there, um, just you can go play basketball in the gym. I was totally unaware that basketball was your primary coping skill whenever you were going through all kinds of trauma. That's where you got your calmest. Mm-hmm. And I did not remember that. Um, but Holy Spirit did. Obviously. Uh-huh. Because God knows how to speak your language, and mm-hmm. he put that in my mouth to reach you. So I offer not to go to inpatient treatment. I offer that you should go play basketball at my church gym like a real solid clinician. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, I'm not even sure how or why I agreed to do that. Because... <laughs> I don't do new places, new people, and I especially don't do them by myself. Right. But I do basketball, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was stressed, and I did want to calm down. So we parted ways with the yeah. plan to meet at Later church that, that night. <clears throat> and I went to your church, <laughs> to your gym, to play basketball. I think, did you make a call or something to make sure it was unlocked or open? Somehow you made, like made sure that I could get in there. Right. Um, When I left your office, though, what ultimately happened was I was just, I was mad and confused and scared, and I wanted to play basketball, so I was doing that, but I wasn't sure if I could do church or if I even wanted to, or, Mm -hmm. and they just kept on and on, just harassing me. They brought up all of my past transgressions, all of the bad things that I had ever done or had been done to me as a child, Mm -hmm. as an adult, all the things. And I just, I was crying and I just cried out to God, you know, God, if you are real, I need you to show me in a way that I can understand that you love me and that you are real. I I need you to show me that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a a moment of desperation for me and I just... I broke, and that's what I needed. I needed God to show me that. In that moment, I didn't really believe that he was going to show me something amazing or anything was going to change. I just, I did all I could do, and that was to call out to him. Yeah, it was a prayer full of doubt, and he heard it still. Mm-hmm. So I show up, play basketball for a little while. I have I have an iPod in my possession, put it, put it in my earbuds, and I'm shooting basketball in the church gym, and then people start showing up. There's so many people. They're just, like, walking. There's a track above the gym, and people, more people keep piling in. I'm like, I got to get out of here. These people are freaking me out. So I get in the car, and I remember I was, like, the the closer I was to, like, going into the church or being around the church and what was coming up, you know, the worse it was for me. So I decided to get in my car and drive across the street and park in a parking lot, and I just sat there. Um, you were late, and I refused mm-hmm. to go in right. or even be in the parking lot right. <laughs> pretty much until you got there. Mm-hmm. And so best I can remember when you got there, we just kind of hurried up and mm-hmm. got into one of the kind of back rows. And What had happened before, though? Weren't you waiting across the street in the restaurant parking lot? Yeah, I was. Yeah, you That's couldn't even... Yeah, you couldn't even... 
get back on the property. No, I, I couldn't, couldn't even sit there because it was worse. Right. It's like the more I tried to go to church or do anything God-related, the worse that they taunted me. Right. You know? Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you're not sure how to turn it into reality? You need Ready, Set, Podcast. They make it super easy to create your own podcast. They can help record, edit, and publish your idea. They have prices to fit any budget and options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. So if you have an idea, reach out to them for a free consultation on their website or social media at www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. And so what they tell you as you were sitting waiting for my late little therapisty booty to get there? Well, the same kind of things that they had been telling me all day Mm -hmm. and all of my life, which was they brought up any any sin that I have ever committed, Mm -hmm. anything that I thought was, I mean, just as an example, because, you know, people listening might need that, you know, I... I grew up learning that what was right and what was wrong as far as biblically. And I know that sex before marriage was wrong, you know, and mm-hmm. um, that was something that I had done and that came up, you know, um, getting drunk and doing things, you know, that you shouldn't do. and Revelry and youth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The things that probably most of us, if we're adults, have done or tried that we've regretted later in life, you know. Things like that, they brought all of that up and how God could never forgive me for those things and that um, I wasn't worthy of his love because of the things that I had done. Mm -hmm. And there was no part of my mind or the things that I had ever done that they didn't use against me. So my deepest, darkest fears, my biggest regrets, my worst hurts, Mm. the ways that people had hurt me or the ways that I had hurt other people, they brought it all up. That There was no corner of my mind that they left untouched. Textbook definition of torment. Pretty much, yeah. And that's what was happening, just constant playing. It was like, it was like having a tape, and they just play. When it would end, it was like flip it over, play it again, rewind, play it again. You know, it was just over and over and over and over, 24 hours a day. And yet you still had enough strength in your body and in your mind to get yourself across the street and back over to the church. Well, I was, I was getting worn out, you know, right. I was, I was wore out. I was done. And I, I was truly nervous that if God didn't intervene or if something didn't change, I didn't know how much longer I could take that. I was mm-hmm. just... I was at my wit's end. You know, you can only be reminded how worthless you are for so long. And eventually it breaks you down. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or what's going on. Otherwise, it it will break you down. And you wanted to tap out. I wanted to tap out. And I was scared that I would be pushed to that point if I didn't do something. Mm -hmm. So we go across the street. You show up. Right. (laughs) Uh, We get in there. And we sit down in the back right. Yeah. The auditorium was basically half of it was being used. We were just all in the back. Yeah. I was looking around and man, I was, oh, I was anxious as a cat on a hot tin roof because I could just feel that anticipatory fear. 
Yeah. Because I knew they were pissed. You know, yeah. they they didn't want me there. They did not want me to they don't want me to get help. Their sole purpose is to still kill and destroy. Yes. And anything that they can do to separate me from God and the truth and how much he loves me, they do. That yes. is their only job. Yes. And so as we are sitting there and I'm trying my best, my absolute best to listen to this poor man who is <laughs> who is just trying to teach a little lesson and um I'm looking around the auditorium and I am I'm just I'm like, "Oh man, I see all these people and I I was not in a place where I felt like I could be around a bunch of people anyway, but I was there and you're sitting beside me and you know, I look over at you and you kind of give me a little smile like, you doing okay? I'm like, mm-hmm. No, I'm not doing okay, but I'm like, mm-hmm. You did not move. You were frozen stiff in that pew if I've ever, I mean, like a statue, you sat there. I was gazing around the room and as I was gazing around the room, I noticed four demons mm. in the church and I know people that are listening are probably like, what? Demons in the church? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, not just demons in the church, that there were people who were in the form of d- demons in the form of people. Right. And because we know they do that. They do that. People that, if, if you think that demons aren't in churches, ooh, you are mistaken. And I'm sorry to have to tell you. And you ought to really take that up with God if you don't believe that. You ought to. Read the scriptures, and you ought to pray earnestly and ask God to show you the truth in that. Don't just take my word for it. See, search, you know, search that out for yourself. Mm. Um, that's where they are: wolves in sheep's clothing, yes. as, as the scripture says. Yes. And <clears throat> um, I was sitting there, and I noticed them, and I kind of panicked because they noticed me. The minute I walked in, they knew I was there. They knew I saw them, and. I had a couple of their faces morph, and I call it morph, and I know, this probably sounds like something out of the movies, but remember in all of this, this is, God is showing me in a way that I understand exactly. these things. This is, everybody may not see this, you know, and this may not even be something that some people see, but God, I asked God to show me in a way I understood, and so this is what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Their faces morph, and when their faces morph, I panic because then I see them in their real form. They're no longer trying to hide from me. Mm-hmm. They recognize that I recognize them, and then it's kind of on. It's like, oh, hmm, somebody sees us. Mm. We're coming for you. Mm-hmm. And I, at that point, I don't know if I leaned over to you or if I just – I got your attention, though, and I was like, mm-hmm. if I get up and leave, don't follow me. And Because to me, I, I didn't know – they. Were, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to follow me. I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. I didn't know if they were gonna, if they could attack somebody else. I mean, I just didn't know, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to put anyone else in any danger, you mm-hmm. know. And so, at some point, they come flying at not fly not flying in the literal sense, but they come at me, right? And they they would get close to me, but they didn't usually. It had happened before, but they didn't they didn't make a habit of right. reaching out to me in any physical way. Right. But they would get close to me and taunt me where I could feel their breath or mm-hmm. smell it or just something for me to know that they're there, mm-hmm. make their presence known. Mm-hmm. And this time, one of them just came right up to me and just scratched me mm-hmm. right across my chest. And that was it. That was the moment that I was like, I got to get out of here. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I hopped up hauled the tail outside mm-hmm. and I don't know what was going on with you 
or whatever. Well, when you left, I mean, there were only five to ten minutes left in the lecture anyway. So I was just praying like, oh, God, just please don't let her leave. She told me not to get up, but I really want to get up. But I, I don't know what to do. Just please bring her back or something. I just prayed. And it, just a few minutes later, you came back. Well, and I had went outside. And when I went outside, I was like, you know what? God, I do not know what you want from me. You know, I asked you to show me in a way that you, you know, that, that you were real in a way that I understood and that you love me. And here I am. I'm in church. I'm in your house. And this is still happening. You know, this is my wrestle. And this is how I wrestle with God. I'm just honest. And I just say whatever's on my mind. And I'm, I'm walking to my car. I'm leaving. As far as I'm concerned, I'm leaving. I got to go. I got to get out of here. And I'm like, you know, why did you bring me here? If this is where, if this is all that's going to happen, what, what do you want from me? What else can I do? Mm. And I just, I never got an answer or anything, but I stopped for a second and I was like, you know what? You just got to go back in there. Just go back in there. I don't know what in me said that, but I just knew I had to go back in there. So I went back in there and thankfully it was like pretty much wrapping up. And then afterwards, everybody was trying to be nice what you do when you see a new person come to church or whatever mm-hmm. everybody's trying to do their pleasantries and mm-hmm. I, I was dying I just I wanted out of there as fast as I could right I had some friends wanting to meet you and be friendly and <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh she cannot do this hi I'm so and so what's your name and oh you were not having that you couldn't even pretend so so we, you book it out of there as fast as you can. I mean, I think you tried to be nice as, about as long yeah. as you could handle it. But I had instantly, when we came face to face, because we were sitting on a pew facing the lecturer, and when we came face to face and I looked at you head on, I knew that you were being attacked physically. I could see the claws or like great marks or whatever it looked like you know how kids scratch you or you scratch yourself but this was like I could see the four fingernail marks it looked like cross uh, across your chest and I just looked at you and I said I whispered are they are they touching you or something like that and you said you did your treasure Uh, cafes you were like oh I didn't speak words but I think I nodded (laughs) yeah yeah and I was like all right time to go so we bolt as fast as we can, and uh, I'm leaving at that point. I'm yeah. done. I'm out. <laughs> I've done. All, I've done. Done all that I can handle. I need. I need to go away. And I'm trailing you. We were not leaving together so much as you were flying out the door, yeah. and I, I was, was trying, trying to get to, my to car get to as fast you. as I could. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because I'm not fast. You're a lot. You walk a lot faster than me. But I was gone. Right. And you're headed straight for your car. To go, to go, right then. I needed to go. And I start panicking. (laughs) My turn. Um, Not that I wasn't before, and I was praying like crazy for God to just fix it all, you know, but I didn't know what my job was, Um, and I felt very helpless. And for me, I'm not a person who deals with that emotion very well. I don't like feeling helpless or hopeless. I always feel, you know, put my little rose-colored glasses on and think I can do something to save the day, you know, or I can say something or do something that can help the situation. And whenever I don't see unseen things, so I didn't know um, anything other to do, anything other than prayer is the only thing I could do. And I saying that coming out of my mouth right now, I'm like, uh, that's powerful. That is a biggest sword we've got is prayer. Our words speak 
mightily into the unseen mm-hmm. worlds. And so that's what I did. I just put the armor on that I could put on, the armor of God from Ephesians 6, and I just prayed. I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I need You were help. praying silent, though. Yes. You, weren't, you were not saying no. that to me. None of this was To me, well. you were trying to get me not to leave. Right. Like, and where are you going? What are you doing? Like, what are your plans now? And I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, in my brain, I'm thinking, I ain't got no plans. I can get the heck away from you people, away from here. <laughs> Maybe it'll calm down a little, turn the dial down a little if I'm right. away from God, church, religion, any of the things. I just, I was in a panic and I needed to go. Right. So you're trying to, I could tell you were obviously trying to make it to your car. And I was trying to give my best persuasive speech <laughs> not to get in the car. And in the middle of that persuasive speech, I'm talking my, with my persuasive speeching, <laughs> <laughs> but internally, I'm roaring at God to do something. And I specifically said, God, please send your angels. Like, I am begging you, unleash them. And we I- need help. I'm in the, you're in the middle of your spiel, blah, 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 is what I hear about... <laughs> Um, you know, stay, let's talk a little bit. You know, what do you do? You just didn't want me to leave. I don't even know what the words that you said, but you were trying, like you said, your best speech on how to (laughs) persuade me to stay there. And at some point in the middle of that speech, quote unquote, my world changed. My entire perspective changed. Here we are. I knew that we were standing in a church parking lot because I was on my way to my car and we just left church. I knew that logically, but Mm -hmm. I no longer saw church parking lot. We're downtown in a major city, and I no longer see all the buildings across the street. I no longer see the road that's right there, you know, out on the other side of the parking lot. That restaurant I sat in their parking lot earlier was gone. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, I'm in a black, just a black, it was dark, a black abyss, dark, and there are Literally, as far as the eye could see, hundreds of thousands of demons surrounding me. And ultimately you, but I didn't see you in human form anymore. Right. That you shifted. just, to me, you looked just like a silhouette of a person. And it's me in the midst of all these demons. And I could still see like the church building, <laughs> which I thought was weird. And then to the left, there was a basketball go, which I also thought was weird, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. Because literally there was nothing. It's all these demons. There's a basketball goal and there's a church building and there's nothing else. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. And you in a silhouette. And I, I don't know what I must have looked like to you, but internally I was like, I mean, I was just in shock. I just stopped and wah, 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 wah is what I hear coming from the silhouette. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear your words. I'm trying all the best words <laughs> and they are not hitting your no, ears. No, all I hear is wah, wah, wah. And I just, I, I remember asking you, are you praying? Mm-hmm. And I heard you say yes. And I was like, okay, that explains because there was this light, like this glowing light in your silhouette, but it was around. It was like, it was just enough to be around us. Yeah. So that we were protected from this sea of demons that we were standing in the midst of. Mm, it's incredible. Yeah. And so I'm standing there and I'm looking around the city from the sky, these bright pillars of light coming from the sky. And I'm like, what is happening? You know, and 
It takes me a minute for it to register in my brain what is happening. And I, I'm blinded essentially by these lights. You know, I'm squinting. I'm just like looking around, like watching these. I see these just lights just flying down. And like, you know, I mentioned that I could see this building and it wasn't just a traditional box type building. So it, the way the building was set, it made, made like for essentially six landing spots there and six beams of light shot down mm-hmm. and essentially on each part of this building there was on each of these mm-hmm. corners there were these pillars of light that were just average size you know but bright so bright that I was just like overwhelmed and and terrified honestly my my fear of being surrounded by hundreds of thousands of demons was replaced by my fear of whatever was happening up in the air, you know, up here on this building. And and I'm looking at these lights and I'm flipping out and I can't imagine what I look like to you. Well, to you or to me, it looked like I said the prayer. And for me, it was a, a rapid second and your eyes went up and I could see you looking at all over like you were looking at a flock of birds swooping down you know <laughs> yeah. like like well, some mysterious because it was yeah. like it was it's like this beam of light like flying down here and like zooming down here is just here here they came you know like mm-hmm. whatever they were because it took me a minute to register that i'm looking at angels mm-hmm. there are angels flying at me now i've got this sea of demons that have terrified me and now I have this flock (laughs) of angels and they terrify me even more, (laughs) you know, and I'm just like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to run again. And Mm -hmm. you ask me, are they here? Did they show up? Yeah, I just looked at you and said, are they here? And you did not answer me with words. Well, I couldn't give you words because I, I was panicking again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seems to be the theme of my day. I was panicking and I just I I remember I was trying to nod. I think I did finally get a nod out. You like, did. Like yeah, they're here. <laughs> what are we doing with them? You know. Yeah. So I'm celebrating internally. I'm like, woohoo! That's the fastest prayer that that that's ever been answered in my life. Like it's the fastest reply. And I could see on your face and your body, you were not calm. No, I wasn't calm. Not not. It was not even, calm was not even registering on the things that I could feel. I saw, I thought that six were scary enough. And then all of a sudden there's this bigger, brighter beam of light that comes and kind of plants itself right in front of the building. And it was massive. And it had a flaming sword and these giant wings. And I was just, that was it. Count me out. I was gone. I I needed to get to my car. And I turn around and I remember I don't have a car. I have a sea of demons. <laughs> and I'm, again, I'm panicked. And you see the panic on me. And I, I, I don't know what you were saying. but Well, I was just wanting details because <laughs> I, I could see that you were amazed. Well, I wasn't amazed. You were watching something that I only could imagine would have been amazing, but you weren't finding it amazing. No, not and at all. And so there's this very, I mean, obviously dual realities for us is I'm in the scene world. I am in a dark parking. Well, it's, you know, sun's going down 
and I'm in a dark parking lot and it's just the two of us and our two cars and I see all the real things. I see cars speeding by, I hear honks, uh, it's just an average day and I'm standing with you there. You're not in that world. You don't nope. see the car that you want to flee to. <laughs> Um, I think at one point they wanted you to go in the street. Is Well, I was running to my car, but there's no car. Mm-hmm. And apparently that was towards the street. They mm-hmm. were wanting me to go into the direction of the street. I, I was trying to get to my car. The demons were. Yes, that the, is. Demons were, the demons were trying to. So this whole time that all this was going on, the demons that were surrounding me were constantly trying to approach us. Okay. They were encroaching on us from all sides. And there was no, there was just nowhere to go. It was just them everywhere. And these, these lights show up and I recognize that finally recognize their angels. And that was cool and dandy until the big one came. And then I was like really out because mm-hmm. whatever that was about, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if there mm-hmm. these angels and demons were going to have a fight. I, I just, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. Yeah. Get me out of there. And so I turned towards what I think in my brain is my car and there's no car. It's a sea of demons. And I try, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> so I'm trying to just get away from the big light. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to figure out what the heck is happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're flipping out, you're looking left and right. You're trying to figure out how to escape from this situation. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on. I have, I prayed. I know that they arrived by the look and the countenance in your body and on your face. But I have no idea what it is you're really experiencing. So I'm bothering you. And I mm-hmm. can tell that I am <laughs> because I'm trying to calm you. And I'm trying to figure out an ounce of information because I see a dark parking lot or sunset parking lot at this point, probably. And so I'm p- and trying I'm to pump panicking. you. from Right, right. So at some point, probably takes a long time. We were there for three hours total. It felt like mm, 15 to 30 minutes for me. Right. So it took a while to get you to a place where you were calm enough where you could tell me anything. And whenever you finally did, do you remember what you told me? Uh, I just remember telling you you were at, that I saw a big angel. It was big, a lot bigger than all the rest of mm-hmm. them. And it had a sword and it was on fire. And it was super scary looking. And... Um, it had wings. Mm-hmm. And my response, and I think at this point there were no other people in the parking lot, so I was more free to express what I was really feeling and thinking. And I was like, oh, that is like Michael or Gabriel or that's an archangel. Like, woohoo! Like, score! We got a big one, you know? I was super excited. I was like, uh, an archangel showed up for you. Woohoo! And this look on your face right now is just exactly what it was. You yeah. were looking at me like, are you nuts? Yeah, like, <laughs> here, have the angels. I'm out. You know, like, I, I just wanted a way. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was not an exciting experience for me. It was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I just, I didn't care. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I was scared. I was really scared. And I didn't know what to do. And right. the only reason that I hadn't completely bolted away from you because was because that there was some piece of me that recognized that the Holy Spirit was what the light was that I saw in you. Mm-hmm. And that's what was, at, up until that point, was essentially protecting us. The Holy Spirit was protecting yes. us. That prayer 
and the Holy Spirit was protecting us from these demons. And as long as we were kind of there in that light and on that path, we were protected. Right. I would try to leave. It wasn't doing me any good. Mm-hmm. There, there was just nowhere for me to go. And I, I was, I didn't know what to do. Right. And I, w- I was praying the entire time. That never stopped. It, it didn't matter if I did know what to say. There was a simultaneous conversation going along. Me and God were talking the entire time internally while I'm trying to persuade you, calm you, pull you away from running away, you know, <laughs> and... And so we have two very different realities happening. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm in a, a dark parking lot, um, and I see nothing. And I think at one point that's that's what I say to you. I said, "Oh man, I wish I could see it." And then I I pause and I said, "Well, maybe I don't need to see it because I already believe it." And I laugh and I'm like, "That's funny that I see it and I don't believe it, and you don't see it and you do, you know?" Yeah. And so it looks like you and I are at an impasse. Yeah. But God had some plans. Mm-hmm. And he turned this story into a rescue story. 